What's up, everyone? Jason Vest from the After Ed Podcast here with an amazing guest on the show today. If you were in education, you've heard of her. And if you're not, you need to be following her work. She was the very first person that told me what I needed to do to get a podcast up and running. Stopped what she was doing and just reached out and just one of the most influential people in education that I pay attention to and, you know, just simply one of the nicest individuals I've ever had the pleasure of talking to. Uh, But enough of me now. I need you to turn the volume up and tune in to Shelly Sanchez. Uh, Real quick, just to give you an idea what you're going to hear in this episode, um, you're going to see and hear what it takes to really move the needle on the status quo, get us away from the industrial model of schooling. You can hear all about Shelley's definition uh, of innovation, uh, why social, social media is really important to grow professionally, and really uh, how to get past that uh, superficial level of change and really get into the substance. Tune in. All right, uh, everyone, I'm so lucky today and and fortunate. Um, You don't even know what we've gone through to have this interview, but uh, tonight with me I have uh, Shelly Sanchez. Thank you for joining me. Well, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad we were able to connect. Yes, me too. Uh, Well, before we get into anything, I I just want to say, and and I don't know if you remember this, but just so everybody can get an idea of of who you are, if they don't already know uh, who you are, you gave me some advice a couple years ago just on how to get a podcast up and running, and it took me about a year to get going, but I mean, you you just, you went out of your way to help me uh, get all of the logistics down, uh, and you know, you you took time right away to to help me with that, and and I, you know, I, I maybe had a like two or three followers at that point. So I, I sincerely thank you for that. Well, I'm excited uh, that you're sharing your passion and uh, have an avenue where others can share their passion. So you've definitely paid it forward. Yes. So look, um, uh, when I first did my first few episodes, I would start listing all of the accolades and everything that that people have done but I mean honestly you have you have done a little bit of everything so um, if it's fine with you I'll just have you introduce yourself um, to the folks listening. No problem at all and definitely um, I can talk about the things that I'm doing lately and uh, one of the things that um, I'm doing is I recently have a new book out. It's my uh, fourth one, um, the third one for education, which is Hacking uh, Digital Learning with EdTech Missions. I'm also working on uh, some other books, uh, one to do with uh, STEAM. And also, I'm going to be doing uh, quite a, a few keynotes. And one is on innovation, which I I know that's what we're talking about today. So uh, this will be a great brainstorming session for that. Perfect. That is that is so exciting, and um, let's let's just go to it. So one of the things with innovation, um, it's kind of become a bit of a buzzword across the country in different sectors, but especially in education. So what what does that word mean to you, and how do we really make sure that we get to the heart of it in schools? Well, I think that's definitely uh, true about it being a buzzword, and when 
I was asked to do this keynote, I definitely wanted to make sure that I understood it well, and I was doing some background research, and uh, definitely with the the people that are at the heart of innovation, the entrepreneurs out there, scientists, researchers, and those that are making a profound difference in the world. And I think that that's basically, you know, what is part of innovation is when we put it in the realm of education, it's how do we get our students to get their most powerful ideas out there and to be in the mindset of solving problems and making a difference in their community and in their world. Now that That's a great answer. And I, I have found, um, just to give you a, a quick idea, um, what I did this past year was I piloted in what we called an innovation course, and it was rooted in design thinking and entrepreneurship. But I think one of the biggest uh, takeaways for me for the year is that um, when you get those real-world experiences for kids, when they're getting out uh, into the community and solving problems that matter to them and other people, not only is that beneficial for them, but as a byproduct, um, the kids become more self-aware and more self-confident in, you know, what more could we could we ask for out of kids? Exactly. I think that's wonderful um, that you're doing this innovation course. And I think you talk about a really important point, which is what matters, uh, because innovation is always driven by... Um, students caring about something or, or people caring about something. And, and sometimes that can be from, you know, um, real world, definitely real world experiences. They, um, they feel an experience, but also some of that is, you know, a lot of that can be tragedy or, or very difficult experiences um, in, in the real world as well. No, that's a great point. So, some of the things that I've learned um, over this year and having conversations with people um, is that when I talk about innovation, when I kind of talk about pushing uh, the envelope, sometimes I get pushed back and I hear teachers say, oh, well, I'm, I'm not creative, I'm not innovative, so that won't work for me. What's, what's your response to that? Well, I think that that's definitely a good point to bring up because a lot of times we we do ask teachers to, you know, um, run a genius hour or to do passion-based learning or to have this kind of, uh, you know, problem-solving creativity. And for that's a real difficult task for someone um, who, who doesn't do that, you know, um, on, in their everyday life because they haven't gone through the process of that. So what I would say is to first um, get you when we talk about the environment, because that's a big part of innovation um, in schools, is, is to also make that learning environment and the avenues there for teachers to be able to be innovative. And the way that teachers are going to feel comfortable and um, also want to be inspired to generate new ideas is if they have a voice, if, if they definitely are able to contribute to uh, making real change, um, that they're listened to, and if they feel um, that 
the leadership, administration, and others around them really respect their ideas and listen to them and, and also think that they have uh, that capacity and ability to share ideas, um, you know, then they'll feel more comfortable with it. But definitely, I think it goes to the heart of if the teachers are giving that pushback, then we have to go back and see how we can get them through the innovation process where they see that they can um, share ideas and then see that come to fruition. Yeah, that, that's such a great point. And, um, you know, I'm I'm a teacher. Um, I'm also an administrative aide. So just in case people are not familiar with that, that's essentially uh, in, in my school, an assistant to the assistant principal. So I get to do some of the things that they can't get to. Uh, and some of those things, uh, you know, I, I'm in on kind of the leadership conversations. And, you know, I also hear the conversations in the teacher's lounge. And one of the biggest things that I hear a lot of times is that, and this is across the district too, but uh, basically, like you said, you know, you the administrator has said, yes, I want you to take risk, but then there's no support along the way. So it's like, you know, yes, people want to be innovative and, you know, like we always say, people want to be great teachers, but we just like the kids, different teachers need different levels of support along the way. Yes, definitely. And I think one, a lot of times also um, administrators or leadership think, okay, well, how can we get everyone on board or feels, you know, as if their ideas matter? It's not like we can implement everything. But one, not simple way, but one thing that administrators um, or, or the districts can do, having ed camps or hosting even like a district one or within the school or even letting teachers lead uh, professional development, that's one way they can share their ideas um, and able to, you know, be able to see an impact or, or just feel like, you know, their ideas are, are being, you know, uh, respected, valued, and also they can see other teachers who will go up to them and say, hey, I used that in the class. So that can be one way, just getting them in charge of professional development, whether it's, you know, sharing within five minutes, uh, like the Ed Camp style, or even doing, sometimes they have these interactive, you know, professional developments that last two minutes, you know, share a great tool in two minutes or a great idea in two minutes. Yeah, and that, we actually started doing something in, in Henrico County where I am, which is um, actually the surrounding county just outside of the capital city in Richmond here. Um, we, we started doing, so we call it teacher fest, but that is, it, it's basically essentially an ed camp where the teachers do lead the sessions and it has been, been really successful. And I think one of the reasons is that teachers, um, you know, whatever building you're in, they're able to get out of that normal building and have control over the development and growth that they have. So I, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. And, uh, I know that, you know, I, I discovered your work. And, you know, a lot of what I have done this year has 100% been because of how I have reached out on social to grow as a professional. So why is it so important in your mind uh, for people to grow and use social to grow within our profession? Well, I think being a connected educator, um, once you you become connected with others, um, you're able to have 
many different champions uh, behind you. And that's so important because when a teacher is struggling, when a, a teacher, and teachers struggle every day, even, you know, veteran teachers, I've been teaching for like 20 years, but there are definitely, you know, times I need to share or, or I have an idea and I want to run it by quite a few people. Just like yesterday, I, I was uh, actually applying for a new position and I, I hadn't done this for a while and I wanted to ask, um, I didn't know whether or not I should attach one of my books um, as, you know, part of that interview process. So I was really blessed to be able, because I connected on social media, because I've made so many friendships and relationships to be able to, you know, reach out to someone in, you know, California, one in, you know, New Jersey, one in New York, you know, just all over teachers I've connected with and ask them this question and get their feedback. And, you know, they had different answers and a lot of them came back and said, hey, you're applying for something. Well, they would be lucky to have you. And, and just having so many different people, uh, you know, be behind a teacher um, and tell them that, say, you know, your students are so lucky to have you or your um, staff or district or, you know, you're, that's such a great idea or, hey, you're, you know, you need help with this. Here's a resource. Here's a link. Here's a perfect web tool for that. Just having that within seconds is, is just so empowering. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and I've experienced a, a similar level of support. And, um, you know, I, I think that's, you know, we, we won't go into this, but, you know, social gets a, a lot of negative attention and negative press um, from, uh, you know, the political side of things to parents just kind of being uneasy about their kids using it. But, you know, I have, I really try to push it with the eighth grade students that I teach. Uh, of course, we, we have the appropriate use conversation and all of that. But, you know, there, there is a lot of good happening on social media and being supported as an educator is one of those great things about it. Yeah, and definitely, I think it's important with students because now um, that's a great part of innovation. Um, students of any age can, you know, share their ideas. Um, you know, I run a lot of online conferences, and one of the, uh, we I try to get um, students out there that are doing great things. And uh, one of them, you know, he he started his idea when he was. You know, four years old, and now through Instagram, through um, through Twitter, through Facebook, all of those um, you know channels, he's been able to feed millions uh, of the homeless, and so he's done really great things. And you, that's definitely a reality uh, you see on social media all the time. You know, kids who are you know creating apps, who are um, doing littering campaigns, who are, um, you know, even, you know, finding cures for cancer. I mean, doing some really great things and social media is a powerful avenue for them to get funding, for them to get that idea to go viral. So I think it's definitely important that we help our students, um, you know, we guide them and walk them through that path. No, I, I couldn't agree more, and um, I think that one of the one of the things that I always come back to, um, 
Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about being your own media company, and kids don't realize that that they are their own media company, and that uh, you know before when when I was coming out of college and social media was was just really taking ground, you know, people would say, you know, be careful what pictures you have, and I think there's still some of that element there. Um, but also, like you said, you know, it can, you can use, kids can use social to build the portfolio and to show all of the amazing work that they have done and connect with people so that, you know, when, when they're 18 and they're, they're thinking of applying to colleges or they already have or entering the workforce in whatever capacity, starting their own business, um, they really have a nice body of work to show and, and they're really ready to kind of hit the ground running in whatever path they have. Yes, definitely. So that actually um, leads me to a next question. So, um, you know, the the premise behind the podcast is looking at ways to challenge the status quo. And um, my definition of the status quo is basically the industrial model of schooling that we have we've had in this country for a very long time. So, uh, in your mind. Um, how do we continue to move the needle uh, on that current model? Well, one of the best ways we can do that is by changing our physical spaces. And uh, I, I think that's so important. Um, you were talking about design thinking and, and design and, and the learning environment and planning, uh, you know, just changing the way that, you know, we have a lot of schools and even big universities still have uh, you know, rows of desks, they still are created to where the teacher is the center. And I really love the movement of having, um, you know, maker spaces. I think that that's a wonderful way to transform the environment. I think having, um, you know, the way we design playgrounds, the way we design open spaces in the classroom, um, things like having the furniture different. And if we can can't physically change the classroom environment if you know the status quo won't let us then we can take students outside let them go around the hallway um you know one thing I did with my high school students was that I had pillows and so sometimes we would just a lot of times actually we would just take pillows and you know we would sit where we could even for group discussions and um or circle you know and so changing that learning space um is really really important yeah it is and i'm i'm happy to say that you know with within our building uh you know we have we have a building that's um you know it's it's a traditional building in the sense that it's closed off it's not campus style um but we we have started to um take take to the hallway so to speak and you know kids are always moving around um and you know just kind of that innovating um you know within the box thing you know we we don't have a ton of resources to to totally change the physical space uh across the building um but you're you're spot on with the physical space and and I just have to to share a piece about what what I'm fortunate enough to be able to do so um basically my my concept of design thinking and entrepreneurship uh next year will be um implemented, scaled through the technology education courses, and we're really going to be focusing on some emerging and new technologies. But one of the coolest things that we're going to actually do is we're going to build uh, a little mini uh, recording studio within that space. 
Um, basically a big closet that's not being used. We have a huge uh, uh, demand for that kind of space with, with our population. And I'm just beyond excited that we're, we're literally changing the physical space within that room. And that's so wonderful because that's, uh, you know, just by having that, that small space, it makes such a difference because it's, it, it, what people have seen and understand sometimes is, you know, it, these changes, um, they have, you know, a hidden message within it that students see and, and they're able to see that, hey, you know, we get to record our voices, people, you know, the everyone in the school, the environment cares about what we have to say so much that they built this space to, you know, uh, showcase our voices to make sure that they get out there. And so that's such a powerful message to send to students. And by changing our physical spaces and in, in doing something just like that, you know, we're able to really let students know um, or empower them. And once they feel empowered, like they can share and that we people in the school and in the community care about it, then um, that's when they start feeling like they they actually have confidence to be innovative, you know, to be creative, to take those risks. Yeah. And I, I, Honestly, I never, I never thought about it like that. Uh, that they would see that space as being empowering. Um, but yeah, I, I totally get that. I mean, I definitely saw it as something that they would be interested in, and you know, my heart was in the right place for wanting to do it. But yeah, that that's a total, um, total win uh, across the board. But one of the things you mentioned in there, ways to change a space, you mentioned maker spaces, and we have one in our school. And and I'm not saying that this is us. I I get nervous about kind of the superficial versus substance uh, dilemma. So it's really easy for somebody to say, hey, we have this maker space now and think that that is going to transform learning. But I I don't believe that that is true. So uh, in your mind, how do you make sure that your efforts are not superficial, but they have uh, a good degree of substance within them? I think that's a really good question. That's with anything we implement too. That's a really those are really good questions to ask when um, changing anything. And so with the change, the physical change, um, definitely there's going to be some kind of um, the way that the learning takes shape. All of that will make changes. But what's really going to spur that change and what's really going to make it more meaningful is when we actually have policy um, and and change things within um, this school day that actually will help, you know, um, support that. So, for example, the times, you know, how many times do we allow students? Um, Is there a set time? Are they only allowed, you know, with certain classes? Do they have to be, or is it open? You know, can anyone go at any time? Is there, are there different ways that students can learn is it just only about 3d printing or is it only about robotics or is it kind of a free open thing is there a thing for crafting you know is is there something for every student um and and is it made to where um you know all students no matter what um 
level, uh, I mean, is, is it more of a reward system for the really smart kids or is it for everybody that gets a chance? And so I think when we think about really deep questions like that, like the access and how much time and, and whether we're doing things. Um, so one of the things in my book that I have are little mission cards. And so that's one way to get even learning um, centers, um, maker spaces. It's, it's just giving little missions in a card, something that says mission or challenge, um, you know, in design the next robot to go to, you know, just things like that design the next app for a superhero uh, because sometimes students when they walk into an environment where they actually are allowed creative thinking they need a spark sometimes because for so long they weren't allowed that they were into this in like you said industrial type of um, learning and so sometimes it takes a little spur or push or spark or something that gets the imagination going um or lets them know, hey, it's okay. Do you know? Be creative. You know, go out there. And so, those are different ways. Um, you know, just having the structure and the policy, and making sure it's open for everyone, um, and, and that there's policies in place that make it where it's an access. Okay, these types of students or this group of students. Um, that's what it's for. We want to make sure it's for everybody. Yeah, that's that's great. And and you. The I just I kind of chuckled a little bit when you were talking about you know telling telling the kids that it's okay to be creative because I experienced that and I was I was talking with someone else uh, being interviewed on a podcast today like it, it the kids are so programmed to look for and expect just one answer and when you leave it wide open for them they they will get there and and they will they will exceed expectations but. Man, in those early stages, it it does take some some probing and some prodding to get them there. Definitely, and I think that what you talk about early stages, and you can tell you're someone who's in, you know been innovating for a while with your district because that's that's one of the main messages to get out there to districts and teachers who are in the process of you know implementing some kind of innovative program is that it, it goes through it's a process it's going to take stages and, and change with any kind of change. Um, there's always a tough period, um, and to just give it that time to be able to blossom. Yeah, that that's perfect, and and we have that conversation all the time about um, you know knowing that uh, just just like design thinking that there are going to be iterations involved, and that's just that's part of anything that ends up being great. Yeah, exactly. So. Of course, the the title of this podcast is After Ed, so really trying to focus on how uh, kids are really and truly getting prepared for life after school because I, I argue with my kids all the time that getting a standard diploma, getting an advanced diploma is not going to get them into the Ivy League school that they think they're getting into and they get really mad at me with that and and I try to tell them that it, it's not about going to college but it's about doing uh, some of the other things that you would need uh, to truly be prepared for the future and I know that, that every generation that has come before us has said uh, you know you have to be prepared for the future but 
I think that there are a lot of people in this world today that recognize that uh, the future for these kids, the 2030 future, the the 2035, 2040 future is going to look so different uh, than than the 2000 or or even the 2020 future. So in your mind, what do schools need to be doing to really get kids ready for the future? I think definitely having a kind of connection with the, uh, well, having a strong connection with uh, the community. Uh, I think we have to have more uh, community partnerships, uh, whether it be entrepreneurs around the community or different types of um, people doing things. And, and it could be abroad as well. I mean, we can connect, we're connecting right now through Zoom, but um, schools can connect with thought leaders through um, through social media, through Skype, through Twitter. I mean, some schools have even had where an astronaut in space is, uh, you know, tweeting with their and um, having a Twitter chat of sorts with their, you know, students at the time. And so things like that are really important because students need to be able to see one of the main drivers of success is that people with their um that look like them that are from their area um, are succeeding or doing different types of um, things out there, um, you know, that are engineers or, you know, social media gurus or uh, someone who has done something uh, really great on um, like creating an app or just different types of exposure. And, so if students can see the different ways that people are innovating around them, then that's real to them. Then, then they're able to say, hey, I can be just like them. Uh, the other part is it gives them ideas. Uh, it lets them know, um, you know, and it also gets them um, to be uh, to to get some insight on what that person went through, and a lot of times when you hear those backstories, um, whether and and sometimes it could be that we they don't even have to necessarily talk with them all the time, but it could be that we're sharing these stories through either commencement speeches, um, TED talks, but they'll see that that narrative, and the narrative is that I like Steve Jobs, like Bill Gates, like Einstein, I wasn't the best student in school because all of them say that. All of them, you know, sure. uh, Michael Gordon, whoever it is, right. you know, they, they dropped out, they went through some kind of uh, failure or, you know, trouble time or someone said they couldn't do it or didn't believe in them and they still did it. And so that's really important. And I think that's what really can prepare students is for them to be able to see all these stories of innovators and, and see how they got through, you know, what were the risks they took, what were the challenges and obstacles and what drove them. Yeah, that that's great advice, especially the community connection piece. And and this is this is my little take for everyone out there listening that that wants to get involved or wants to bring in someone like people in the community. They they want to help schools. They want to be involved. And what I've found this year is that they just really don't don't know how to take the first step. But we have to, as educators, be the ones that reach out and we have to go and make the call. We have to go and, and show up at the business and and ask for help and, and tell them that we want people to be involved. And I guarantee you, nine times out of 10, people will say yes. I I've had that experience as well. And <laughs> you're definitely right about that.
So, Shelly, you you got through the hard part. So at the end of every episode, I like to kind of lighten the mood and uh, ask you 10 quick questions. And if you can, uh, answer them as quickly as possible. Okay. All right. Yeah. So first question, coffee, tea, or water? Tea. When you're driving, do you take the back roads or interstate? Back roads. If you had some time to relax, would you be by the fire or by the beach? Beach. Best concert you've ever been to? Oh. Ah, I don't know. I've been to so many, like millions. I don't know. Paul Abdul gave a good concert. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Favorite team in Texas? Oh, Spurs, San Antonio Spurs. All right, good deal. Three people you'd like to have dinner with? Uh, Steve Jobs, Mother Teresa, and oh, what would be? Uh, Obama. It'd be a good conversation. Um, all right, so you're having dinner with him. Where are you going to eat? Uh, some good Texas barbecue. <laughs> All right. How about the last book that you've read that really impacted you? Um, oh, I can't remember the title, but um, uh, Jane uh, Jane Goodall uh, wrote. Uh, it's her most recent one by Jane Goodall. All right. So, who should everyone, other than you, uh, who should everyone be following right now on social media? Um, Jerry Siberiaman, um, Siberiaman one, Jerry Blumengarden is one of the most resourceful, wonderful, caring people that I know. All right. So my kids, um, well, not my own kids, but my school kids are getting ready to start high school in a few months. So what advice would you give to a kid getting ready to start high school, uh, in the fall? They get to be different so that they should really take this new you know transition and and really try to make you know they can be themselves so I think that that's really just you know be strong within and confident within themselves and try to be an individual not get sucked up into the whole peer you know um peer grouping yeah, that's great advice. All right, Shelly, I know where I found you and can find you. Where can people listening to this podcast find you? Um, they can find me on Twitter as Shell Terrell, or if they want to rhyme it, Shell Terrell, <laughs> um, like Terrell Owens. Um, they can also um, they can find me at ShellyTerrell.com and also TeacherBootCamp.com. Okay. Shelly, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great conversation. All right. Hey, everybody. What's up? Jason Vest here from the After Red Podcast. Look, we are growing. We are having amazing guests on, but we need you to subscribe. We need you to refer guests for the show. We need you to go and leave reviews only to help us get better and spread our message. If you love what you hear with the podcast, Head on over to Twitter at Mr. Vest RVA. Instagram is the same name. Give me a shout out there as well. Also, if you want to check out what my students are doing, 
from this innovation class that I always reference. Check them out on the various social platforms at InnovateHC. That's the number eight, InnovateHC. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your day.